I want you to grab your Bibles. I'd like you to go to Romans chapter 1 tonight. I'm going to modify my message. We've made room for a lot tonight, for testimonies, for evangelism, for Mark, for Kathy. I wanted to honor them and their assignment and honor them in this house. I thank God for this. Amen. Isn't this good? This is good. This is right. So stay with me. Are you all alert? Are you all awake? All right. That was half. Are you alert? Are you awake? Are you? Okay. So I, I feel like I have a responsibility tonight to do a number of things, and I'm just, I don't know how this message is going to <laughs> be released, but I know that I'm called to be the messenger and to release it. And so I know the Lord's going to use it. Father, I thank you for these moments. I pray that these moments are effective, are effective. I thank you for your anointing upon us now, and I thank you for your, the anointing upon your word. Father, I thank you that you are building this house. Jesus, you are the master builder, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the house and the church that you build. So I thank you, Lord, for your affections upon us. I thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon us, Lord. I pray that you reign us in tonight. I pray that my words are effective tonight, Father. I pray that you exceed my words. You exceed my words and that the power of the Holy Spirit literally rests and sets on people with fire, with fire in Jesus' name. And I pray for all of you that are listening online, wherever that you are, wherever you are right now, that the fire of the Lord is just released and transferred upon you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we, um, before we look at our first passage of Scripture tonight, I want to say today is a very special day, very special day. Today is April 30th. April 30th, 1789, 233 years ago, George Washington swore his oath of office and became our very first president of our beloved United States of America. This day, 233 years ago, 1789, in the city of New York, long before Washington, D.C., be became our capital, he swore an oath. He, the uh, scriptures were open to God's covenant with Israel. He laid his hands on there, took the oath, swore it with, with an ending of so help me God, then got down on his knees and consecrated and committed this nation unto God and made covenant with God that this, that, that this nation would be committed, its destiny would be committed to the Lord Jesus Christ all of its days. It's true. On this day, they marched together hand in hand, those that were sworn in that day, down to St. Paul's Chapel, downtown Manhattan in New York City. And they got on their knees, and they dedicated America unto the Lord. This is a very, very special day, ladies and gentlemen. April 30th, 1789. I want to tell you tonight that a covenant cries out. A covenant is still crying out to our beloved America. And it was a covenant that our very first president, George Washington, invoked to the Lord. And I want to decree to you guys tonight boldly, we are still one nation under God.
I want to look at just a few passages tonight. Again, I don't know how this message is going to come forth. It's not premeditated. I could run the chairs or perhaps I'll just be right here. Who knows? I just, I feel under a very strong unction, though, to say some things tonight. I think those of you that are connected to this house, that are connected to me and Bren, and even as... As Mark and Kathy have said moments ago, just concerning the mantle on this house, I feel like we just, we really need to make a decree, not only as a leader, but as a people, that we will not be silenced and we will not be intimidated. We need to be resolved and we need to move to a place of radical, bold courage in this hour. There is a shaking that is coming, radical shaking that's coming very soon. And I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I fear for those who don't have the Holy Spirit to reveal to them truth. We are seeing an epic, great falling away all over the church right now. We're seeing something dreadfully weak and pitiful in the church of the United States of America. But we are also seeing the great and glorious ecclesia that Jesus is building. Truly, truly, truly that the gates of hell will not prevail against. This is an intense hour. And this is the hour that you were born for. This is your assignment. This is your mandate. This is why we must receive this mantle in this hour. There's no backing up. There's no retreating, ladies and gentlemen. There's no retreating. I used to believe, I used to believe being a good leader, being a good shepherd or a pastor meant that I'm not, I'm not going without the people. You know, I, I'm going to wait for everybody. I have learned over many years, you need to go where the Lord calls you, whether the people go or not. And I'm going. And I'm going to keep going. I pray you lock in. I, I mean it. I pray you lock in. I love every one of you. I pray you lock in. Romans chapter 1, I'm going to share a few things from here. And I'm in beginning in verse 18. Are we there? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. I want you to highlight these words, suppress the truth. I don't want you to miss that. You may need to write it down in your journal or in your phone. Those, the wrath of God is being manifested. The wrath of God is being manifested. It is coming against all ungodliness, unrighteous men who suppress the truth. i got to highlight that tonight. That's the spirit of this age that says, I'm going to bully you. I'm going to manipulate you. I'm going to intimidate you. I'm going to dominate you. I'm going to surrender you. I'm going to make you bow down. I'm going to make you submit to me. I'm going to suppress the truth. This is a spirit. The spirit of this age demands control. 
It demands that it silences you. You understand this, ladies and gentlemen? The spirit of this age is after silencing you. Not just Brian up here in this pulpit. Not just every truth teller. This spirit is after you to intimidate you, bully you, shut you down. Intimidation, it means this. It means to make you timid. It means to make you anxious or fearful. To suppress is actually an action of intimidation. Don't miss this. Men that are trying to suppress the truth, they are working to intimidate or frighten you or scare you. They're trying to bully you. And I want to tell you tonight, write this down, it is a form of domination and it is a form of witchcraft. I'm speaking to you for the next several moments. I don't really know how long I'm going to be behind this pulpit tonight. I'm going to speak to you about no tolerance for Jezebel. No, you need to write it down. No tolerance for Jezebel. No tolerance. No tolerance for Jezebel. Now, the suppression of truth and the fight that we are engaging in concerning our First Amendment rights of free speech. I don't know how many of you witnessed this in the last couple days of what the present White House has released through our DHS, Department of Homeland Security, DHS. They created a disinformation governance board of lawmakers of setting authority or a precedent to fight against what they deem is, is dis disinformation. What they deem is dis disinformation. Now, this department, they determine what is truth rather than the free-thinking people and citizens of the United States of America. My God. Folks, I want to tell you very plainly, this is unconstitutional and it's un-American. This is, at its very core, it is Marxism, it is fascism, it is communism, and it is socialism. We are, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we are seeing the, the head of the snake of communism in the United States of America in this hour. I'm telling you, it should rise up the fear of the Lord in you. We have an obligation right now to torch this spirit out of the United States of America. We have to do it. And I'm telling you, it is going to come by the fire of revival and awakening. Revival is something far more than you getting goosebumps bumps the size of hubcaps or God putting you on the floor or sticking you to the ceiling. Revival is about driving the evil out of America. I'm telling you, I remember the days of sitting under Steve Hill my God, I'm feeling fire in my bones right now. I remember sitting in Brownsville in Pensacola, Florida, and hearing Steve Hill thunder and him say, the revival that is coming is going to be the most violent revival in world history. I've never forgotten that. It was like the Lord just branded that in the marrow of my bones. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the revival and the awakening that is upon us now, it will be the most violent revival we've ever seen. You better.
better be anchored in these days. The wrath of God. Hear this. This is New Testament. This is an Old Testament. This is New Testament. The wrath of God is being poured out against all ungodliness. Those who suppress the truth. God has them in his bullseye. I'm telling you what, this demonic filth that's coming out of the White House is going to be judged by God. I say bring it on. I'm telling you, I say bring it on, Lord. Listen, if you get uncomfortable with this preaching, it doesn't bother me one bit. I'm going to sleep great tonight. God didn't call me to Sarasota to be respectable. That's what most ministers are living for. Oh, they want to be respected. They want their pa- they're going to they're going to protect their platform of influence of, at all costs. I'm not here to do that. I'm telling you what, we're raising up an army. The spirit of God is raising up an army. He's mantling us. This isn't just words. This is real stuff. That's happening. God is mantling us for the greatest awakening and outpouring of the Spirit of God the earth has ever known. It's sad that silent churches, weak churches, compliant churches, have yielded to the spirit of this age. There's a mega avalanche coming to them. I'm in verse 19. Because what may be known of God is manifested in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes were clearly seen. Being understood... By the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I love that. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. But they became futile in their thoughts, and in their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. You need to underline that and underscore that, something in your mouth. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Let me tell you what that looks like. It's like losing your job in 2020 because you won't call a man a woman. Professing to be wise, they they became fools. 2022, right now you can lose your job because you won't say that men can also have babies. Where are we, ladies and gentlemen? Where are we? What time is it in the world right now? They changed their glory of the incorruptible God into an image like corruptible man. And birds and four-footed animals, creeping things. Therefore God gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator 
who is blessed forever. Amen. And for this reason, here's four scary words. God gave them up. Those are four scary, scary words. God gave them up to vile passions, for even the women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also men, leaving the natural use for a woman, they burned in lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful, shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which is due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Oh, this is hitting it right here. They didn't want to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over. There it is again. God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things that were not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, envy, murder, strife. Guys, fix your phones. Put your phones on silent. You've got to do this every service. Fix your phones quick. Deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters. Haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving. It's like we're reading the news, isn't it? Unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are, de- are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those things or, or of those who practice them. It is hard actually right now to fathom the great portion of the United States of America, the portion of America's leadership that is manifesting such evil. I never thought that we would see the day. I mean this. I never thought that we would see the day where America's lawmakers would establish a precedent, a precedent, and be perfectly fine of murdering a baby after it's been born. In the state of Colorado, it's now up to seven days. In the state of California, they are working on a law right now that says up to 30 days after the baby has been born, outside of its mother's womb, it can be put to death. Now, you understand why awakening revival is not about goosebumps? You understand we're entering in to an epic warfare. We've had so many silly, weak, Pee-wee Herman ministers behind pulpits. They don't understand this hour. They haven't said they haven't said a thing for two years, two and a half years. They haven't said a thing. They're just trying to act like nothing's really happening. They're just going to keep on playing the game, and God's going to flush their game right down the toilet. I have to speak to these things. I can't be silenced. I don't care who opposes me. I don't care who in this region, even in their pulpits, who mock me. It doesn't matter. I won't be silent. I won't be intimidated. I'm not going to be backed up. I have to speak the truth. I'm telling you, 
Guys, I am under the fear of the Lord to keep speaking the word of the Lord and say, the word of God is our final authority. We're not changing it. You can't do it. Up to 30 days after a baby has been delivered can be put to death. It's not enough. It's not enough that over 60 million babies and destinies have been stolen from this nation. It's hard to get these words out of my mouth because it's so detestable. And now we want to make it legal outside of the womb for a mother to kill their child or, or a man that can give birth to a baby too. Well, we don't want to leave them out. Right. If America's lawmakers are making such heinous, wild, demonic, inspired, inhumane decisions over our most precious children, our innocent ones, how can we dare, how can we dare trust these leaders? How can we follow these leaders? How can we follow these lawmakers? You look, at, you look at those in authority, and ladies and gentlemen, if you don't, listen, please sit at attention right now. If you don't understand, the church should be able to discern between legitimate leadership and illegitimate authority. The church is still being duped. All you have to do is open your Bible and read Romans 13, and it gives you the criteria of what an illegitimate leader is and what a legitimate leader is. A legitimate leader fears God and becomes a weapon in the hand of God who becomes an avenger against evil. An illegitimate leader is one who spawns evil and applauds all those who practice the same. Oh, well, we're just supposed to, we're just supposed to buckle down and, you know, worship all of our leaders and follow their authority in America. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the word of God is clear. You don't follow evil leadership. I wonder at times if we can actually identify real leadership. i got to be honest with you. I, I wonder. God raises up a person named Donald Trump and the church abandons him. He's an extraordinary leader. I don't have to tell you about his imperfections. Why don't I tell the church about all your imperfections? So many in the church just could not handle his immoral past. Oh, my gosh. He said the P word. Oh, my gosh. I'm going down a road. I better be careful with that. Sometimes I want to use that P word to describe a lot of people in the pulpit. They're some of the biggest bunch of wussies I've ever seen. I said that with a W. 
That's not the joy of the Lord breaking out in here right now. Let's just set the record straight. If lawmakers are going to force you and me to call a boy a girl, if lawmakers are going to try to force me to call a girl a boy, I'm telling you what, folks, it's demotic insanity. It's, it's, it's madness. It's straight out of the pit of hell. It's straight out of the pit of hell. It comes from the father of lies. I'm not going to submit myself to that evil. It's against the laws of God himself. They are spitting in the face of God. They are spitting in the face of our creator, the very pure design of God. They are spitting right in his face. When man's laws are in conflict with God's, you better follow God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? John 8, verse 44. It's going to be behind me. John 8 and 44. You are of your father, the devil. See, there's Jesus being all pastoral again. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Jesus, meek and mild. There he is, floating around in that white nighty, looking like Brad Pitt. You're of your father, the devil. Well, Jesus knew how to wield the sword. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth. You need to underline that. He does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. you got to catch this. See, Satan was a murderer from the very beginning. He was after murdering even the identity of God himself when he came to Eve and said, can you really trust God? I mean, you can surely eat of that tree. Has God really said that? Oh, because see, God's holding out on you. He knows that in that day that you eat of that fruit, you, you will be just like him. What a lie. She was already just like him. She was made perfectly in her father's image. Are you tracking with me? Are you, she was already perfectly made in the image of her father. But Satan came to mar the image of our beloved father and say, oh, you, you can't trust his word. God is holding out on you. God has deceived you. He knows that if you'll eat of that fruit, you'll be just like him. He's sneaky, isn't he? He's a murderer. He's a deceiver. He's a murderer. He's trying to murder and deceive the identity of our kids. He is trying to mar and pervert the identity of America's children. I ask you tonight, I believe God is still asking Psalm 94, verse 16, who will rise up against me? Who will rise up? against the evildoers who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity. Read it again. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity. I'm going to say it to you like this. Who will fight for our kids? I want to ask you. you got to answer that in your own heart. Who's going to stand up for our kids? We're at a very dangerous time. We're at a time that is evoking great wrath and judgment from God. Lawmakers right now are coming against the very will and the design of Creator God.
Genesis 1.27, God says that he gloriously made man and women in his own image. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. We, we carry the glory of our creator. And that's what Satan is after. I'm going to say that again. We carry the glory of our creator. And that's exactly what the enemy is after, is the glory that we carry. That's why he is trying to twist and hijack and pervert the identity of this generation. Now, me speaking this tonight, oh boy, it's not controversial. It's not even provocative. It's just biblical truth. But it's amazing in this hour in 2022, speaking like this, oh my gosh, we're talking about this in church? That's right. This is exactly what we should be doing. But again, we've had many in the pulpit that are scared of the government. We've had many in the pulpits that are scared of the backlash. They're also scared of their lukewarm elders and their lukewarm board members who want control and domination over them. Thank God that's not our story at Victory. Come on. The spirit of Jezebel has determined to take down America, ladies and gentlemen. I'm in Revelation 2. The spirit of Jezebel has determined to take down America. The spirit of Jezebel has determined to take down the inheritance of our founding fathers, our God-fearing, God-loving, God-worshipping fathers and mothers. The spirit of Jezebel will use anything it can in its arsenal to destroy you. The spirit of Jezebel will use seduction. The spirit of Jezebel will use defamation. The spirit of Jezebel will use deceptions. The spirit of Jezebel will use immorality. I'm going to pause here for just a second. Four weeks ago, I was in Orlando, Florida with one of the greatest, greatest ministries in our state. A tragedy has happened within that ministry. Sexual sin, lesbian relationships, through alcohol have come into that great ministry. Word is now starting to get out. Lines were crossed. Lines were horribly blurred. Sexual sins and perversions got in. I'm going to speak to this in the coming weeks. Guys, we have to be a people who is going to contend to make sure that we protect the holiness of God in the house of God. And we protect one another at all costs. You better be standing at attention in this hour. You better understand the spirit of Jezebel is loosing every arsenal it can to deceive and take ministries down. This is serious stuff. 
So the spirit of Jezebel will use deception. It will use immorality. It will use uncleanness. It will use perversions. The spirit of Jezebel also is using in America child sacrifice, also known as abortion, murder of the unborn, and my God, now the actual born. Anything and everything is now an option. The book of Revelation, it says that God rebuked the church in Thyatira, chapter 2. Are you there? Verse 18. And the reason that he rebuked them was for tolerating the spirit of Jezebel. And to the church of Thyatira write, these things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. And he said, I know your works, your love, your service, your faith. I know your patience, and as for your works, the last are more than the first. I love that. The Lord sees. Verse 20, nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow, or maybe your translation says, you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my, spirit, my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things Sacrifice to idols. I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not. Indeed, I will cast her on a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death. These are Jesus' words, ladies and gentlemen. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. And I give to each one of you according to your works. Now, Jezebel's been long dead. She's been long gone since Elijah's time under the old covenant. What is, what is he speaking to? The apostle John is not talking about just a woman. He's talking about the spirit of Jezebel has come in and is now influencing the church through sexual immorality. And watch what he says here. He says, I have this against you. Because you allow or you tolerate that woman Jezebel. I need you to write this down tonight. This is important. The word tolerate there in the Greek, it doesn't mean that you partner with it. It doesn't mean that you actually excuse its actions. It literally means you leave it alone. Write it down tonight. You leave it alone. Jesus is saying, I have this against you because you tolerate Jezebel. You're just leaving it alone. You're just letting it do anything it wants. And you refuse to confront it. You refuse to deal with it. You refuse to drive it out. You refuse to stand up against it and take your authority and drive it out. Y'all okay? Y'all, can I actually keep going? I need to know if you're alive in this room. This is the warfare. This is the hour of warfare that we're called into. We're going to have to drive this out. We're going to have to drive these spirits out of our city, out of our region, out of our churches, out of our pulpits. He said, don't tolerate it. He said, you're leaving it alone. This is exactly what's happening in the church of the United States of America. 
You're putting your head in the sand and you're acting like it's not even happening. You just leave it alone. You just, you just kind of hope it goes away. And then people get nervous and the atmosphere gets really strange if any man or woman of God begins to stand up and really talk about it. Haven't you been embarrassed by the sexual immorality that is plaguing the church in the last three generations in the United States? Four people? Is there any more than that? Aren't you absolutely embarrassed? I am broken in the core, in the core of me, knowing and seeing the things that we have even seen in revival movements, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody out drinking, everybody out partying, everybody else living like they've never even come out from the world because the favor of God is so great on them, they think they can do anything. And God doesn't wink at our sin. This is something that God is going to deal with. Guys, we are coming into a very violent revival. If you don't understand, this is an hour of extraordinary exposure. This exposure has been happening all over. And it's, it's happening in the governmental mountain. It's happening in the educational mountain. It's surely happening in the church mountain. I'm telling you, if there was ever a time to walk in the fear of the Lord and in the purity of the Lord, to guard your heart, to watch over your body, to watch over your spirit, it's right now. It's right now, church. Come on. I've traveled to a lot of churches across the country. I've had pastors tell me, you need to leave the political things alone. No, I really have. You, you all laugh. But I've had, I've had the pastors tell me, you, you, need to, you need to leave the political things alone. You know why? Because it makes them nervous. Oh, it makes them shake in their boots. Brian, don't, don't talk about abortion from our pulpits. Don't talk about the LGBTQ movement in our pulpits. You, you, know, what, you know what that is? It's them trying to protect the stage and the platform that they think is theirs. It's not theirs. That doesn't belong to them. It belongs to the Lord. It's holiness unto the Lord. And what they deem to be political is actually what the Lord has engaged his eye upon, and he's not taking his eye off of it. And he's saying, this is an abomination to me. And when are you going to get on fire about what I'm on fire about? I want it driven out of my church. I want it driven out of your city. I want it driven out of the region. They're afraid to lose the people. 
They're afraid to lose the money. I ain't in this for the money. It's amazing. It's amazing how people go silent. It's amazing how people have gone silent about this current election. I watched a sad commentary on pastors up in New York that have abandoned Mario Murillo. <laughs> There's more lines being drawn. You know why? They're just saying, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Let's just, let's just move on. Let's just move on for peace. You know, that's how cowards talk. I want to tell you what has been stolen from our country needs to be punished. What has been stolen from our country needs to have consequence and justice and judgment brought to it. Oh, you just need to move on. You just need to move. No, we don't. Don't you tell me that. We just need to move on for peace. Give me a break. Somebody violates your child and then someone comes to you. Hey, you just need to move on. No, no, we don't. We're not just contending for a child. We're contending for a generation. We're fighting for the youth of America. We're fighting for the children of America. What are we thinking? The church must stand up now and say, I will not be intimidated. I will not be silenced. We have to win over the spirit of Jezebel. We have to fight. We have to war. And we have to win. And we've got to learn how to stay engaged in this battle and not grow weary in well-doing. Wow. It's amazing. There's many that would just rather allow the spirit of Jezebel to operate and rule in this nation. There's many. There's many church leaders that are passively content to just leave it alone. Leave it all alone. And all the while, there's many people in those kind of churches that are getting very nervous. You know what, guys? I cannot answer for churches that have gone silent. I cannot answer for, for ministries and pulpits that are silent. I'm not giving an account unto God for them. My wife and I will give an account for our ministry that God has given us to steward. And as for us and as for this house, we're not backing down from this fight. This is not, this is not arrogance. This is not pride. This is not throwing our chest out in the strength of man. No, this is standing with God Almighty and say, we're standing with God, we're standing with the truth, and we're not buckling. 
Oh my gosh. The spirit of Jezebel is ruthless. It shows no pity for anyone. It shows no compassion for anyone. Jezebel wants complete control. Anyone who will stand opposed to the spirit of Jezebel, that spirit wants to remove them. Did you hear that? I think it's a miracle that Donald Trump is still alive. And he's only alive because there's a living God and there's a praying church. Well, let me be clear on something. I don't believe Donald Trump is the savior of America. I don't believe that Ron DeSantis is the savior of America. I mean, Elon Musk may be the savior of Twitter, but he's not the savior of America. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, I, and honestly, it's, I'm not a fan of Elon Musk, but I thank God for what he did for our First Amendment rights right here. I thank God for it. And I'll stand with him where I can stand with him. I'm not a fan. Don't get me. Okay, we're going to stick to the message. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. You know what's amazing? It wasn't that long ago. I, I have to say this to you. It wasn't that long ago, first of all, that we had a president that could actually talk. I know this gets me in trouble with some folks, but I'm, I'm telling you, every time that I've called that person in the White House the president, I've repented and said, God, forgive me. That may just, we just may lose a whole bunch of more people tonight. Praise God. It's okay. You know, you can't dupe the throne of God. God knows. God knows. God knows what was stolen from this country. I want to say this. It wasn't that long ago. If you got, if you got about 15 more minutes in you, I'm going to keep coming for you. It wasn't that long ago that we had a president that was actually fighting for the inheritance of America. We had a president that was fighting for the heritage of America. We had a president that was fighting for the churches of America. We had a president that was fighting for Israel. We had a, we had a president that was fighting and warring against ISIS. Are you hearing me? We had a president that was actually fighting for the unborn. And guess what? He was taken out. And now Jezebel is running, flaunting itself like it's absolutely unstoppable. I'm here to tell you tonight. I'm telling you, my mind is renewed. My heart is set. We're going to drive this stuff out of America. It is not over. Listen, it is, it is not over. I'm talking about the fight that the ecclesia has been called to win. We have to win this. Everything that's been cloaked in secret has to be exposed. Everything that it set, has set itself against 
the divine purpose and prophetic destiny of America. It has to be exposed and judged and the justice of God come to it. You cannot underestimate the call for prayer and intercession right here in this little house and those that are partnered with us all around this country. God has called us to pray for His righteous retribution to come upon this country and hit it with justice and hit it with righteousness. And I'm telling you, it's not over. There, Listen, there are so many Christians. They are so weary. They are so tired. They have given up. They have entered into the realm of hopelessness, just thrown up their arms and their hands and said, what in the world can we do? I'm telling you, that's not who we are. That's not who we are. Y'all all right? I thought I'd be done 10 minutes ago, but I'm, I'm, I'm making my way. Jezebel has come against America to destroy her. She's using immorality. She's using hatred of God. She's exalting false gods in our nation. She's exalting the slaughter of innocent children in our nation. But I believe that the spirit of Elijah and the spirit of Elisha and Jehu is coming upon the church. And you better believe this is going to be a violent revival to the finish. We have to drive out the forces of hell now. Some will, some will hear messages like this and they'll just think, that's the biggest bunch of bunk I've ever heard and just run for the hills. They'll retreat. I pray that'll never be your story. God's going to raise up a church, a real church, who are determined. This, that's a real apostolic and prophetic company, lions and eagles. Prophetic and apostolic company, lions and eagles. Intercessors and watchmen and warriors and worshipers who are not going to retreat. But they're going to stay on their watch and they're going to be faithful and they're going to rise and they're going to confront this evil. They're not going to be intimidated. Jesus said, I have this against you. You tolerate Jezebel. Repent. Repent. You tolerate Jezebel. You just leave it alone. Hear this tonight. I want to stop and pray for a moment before I close. I want to pray over a few things. Thank you, Lord. Just stay with me. Father, tonight we want to ask for your forgiveness over the church. Father, we want to ask for forgiveness for our own passivity and our own tolerating of this spirit in the name of Jesus. We want to pray tonight, Lord, and say we renounce any allegiances to the spirit of Jezebel tonight. God, we want to pray and boldly decree that this spirit 
that has been released over our government that it will be exposed, removed, and judged. Father, tonight we want to pray for righteous leaders to be groomed, anointed by your Spirit, that they will rise and take a stand, and that they will not relent, and that they will not retreat. Father, Father, we pray over the American church that has been tolerating the spirit of Jezebel. We speak deliverance to the church. We speak deliverance to the captives. We speak deliverance, God, from sexual immorality. Every form of immorality, God. We speak the blood of Jesus over your church, God. That by your spirit you would bring cleansing and you would bring fire, holy fire like a torch. And you would clean it out, God. Clean out the filth. Clean out the revelry. Clean out the partying spirit. Clean out the perversion, God. Father, we pray that you would clean out the, the entitlement spirit that is in the church. The arrogance and the pride in the church that they think they're really something. They act like they're doing you a favor, Lord. We pray that you just pull the carpet out from underneath of that, Lord. And you bring a work of humility in your church. Show that you are the righteous judge over America, O oh God. Father, we pray, Lord, over this generation that has been mocking you, spitting in your face arrogantly. Father, we pray that mercy will triumph over judgment. That you will avert this judgment, God. And that you would pour out your spirit and you would bring them to you, God. That they would yield, surrender, and repent of their sin. And renounce their sin and come running home. We speak over the prodigal nation tonight, God. That it would be set free from the bondage of spirits. The bondage of a Jezebel spirit. We pray cleansing, God, like a river, the river of your blood and the river of your fire to come in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You all all right? Yeah. I want to close with this. Cody, I'd like you to come. I've spoken several times in this church about the story of Naboth. Thank you, Don. I saw that. And in 1 Kings, Naboth had a vineyard. Jezebel had a, had a talk with her husband Ahab, and Ahab said, I want that vineyard. I want, I want Naboth's land. I want Naboth's land. I want his vineyard. I got to have it. 
Well, they asked Naboth, and Naboth said, there's no way I'm giving away the inheritance that my father gave to me to you. Hear the words. There's no way I'm giving away the inheritance that my father gave me. You need to hear it prophetically tonight. We're not romanticizing history and scripture. We're talking prophetically. I'm not going to give away the inheritance that my father gave me. It's where we must be in this hour. America has to rise up and say, we're not turning over the inheritance that our fathers gave to us. I'm telling you, I'm thinking about the front of this train. I'm thinking about a man who bowed his knee on this day, 233 years ago, April 30th, 1789, named George Washington, who came into covenant and an oath to become our president and said, God, we give you these United States of America. We come in covenant with the God of heaven and earth, the God of Israel. This is a special time. This is a sobering time. Naboth said no. Jezebel said, hey, Honey, I'll take care of it. And she had Naboth killed. And she stole Naboth's vineyard, his land, and his inheritance. It's very simple, isn't it? There's no way. There's no way. Listen, the news is so bad. The news is so bleak. We wake up morning after morning to another tidal wave of bad news. And the enemy is banking on the church, growing so weary that they won't stand up and fight against this evil. I'm telling you, this is the hour that we must learn to war and we must learn to win. greatest shaking that we've ever seen in America is on its way. It's coming. It's coming. Build your altar in the secret place with God. Build your inner life right now. Build your altar and your inner life with God now. Get anchored and secured in God now. Find your anchor. Find your bearings now. Find the ability to take courage and strengthen yourself now in the Lord so that you can arise and begin to shine and fight and war and win. My friend, you better determine right now You're not going to let anyone suppress you or intimidate you or bully you or get you to go back home and get under your covers. You better rise up, put on the full armor of God, take forth the sword of the Spirit in these evil days and wage a good warfare. It's time. It's time. Well... 
made it through that message. I made it through. See, this kind of preaching is what it takes to build a mega church. <laughs> Just got to have your mind renewed a little bit, right? Let's give tonight. I want our ushers to come. We're going to open the altars in just a little bit. Ushers, would you come? If you need an offering envelope tonight. Just please lift your hand so we can serve you. Thank you so much for your faithfulness of giving. Those of you online, you can give at victoryfla.com. If you're still listening, if you didn't turn this off, you desire to give tonight. <laughs> you can give at victoryfla.com safely and securely. You can open up your app. You can give tonight. Man, God is... God has just been blessing victory. Just, just a couple days ago, another partner just gave a gift of $10,000 to our Miracle Building Fund. You guys are giving. I, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Last weekend, we had another 12000 come in for the building. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just amazing what is happening. It's amazing what God is doing. That's our God. Come on, Jeannie. That's our God. <laughs> it's going to happen. You know, and, and here's the thing. Look this way for just a second. You know, people could be scratching their heads or scratching their butts. Who knows? And just going, why, why in the world should we be doing this? Why, why should we contend in this hour? You know, because they're looking at the famine. They're looking at the famine in America. They're looking through the eyes of virtual reality and think that all hope is gone, all hope is lost. And here we are calling for a miracle property, miracle building. Uh, seriously. I've had a few people tell me, you're nuts. That was the nice things I've been called. It's okay. We're preparing, guys, for an epic awakening and revival. We're preparing for the harvest of the ages. And we're also preparing for the return of our king. Hallelujah. Maranatha. Woo! Oh. Maranatha. He's coming. I want to encourage you in your giving. Guys, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for standing with us. Thank you for fighting this good fight. Thank you for being generous. Thank you for being generous. Thank you for honoring God in the tithe and in your offerings. Thank you. I mean it. Thank you. My wife and I love you. We couldn't do it without you. You know, I'll tell you something. In the last two years, all through COVID, all we have done as, as, as a ministry has prospered. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And where we're racing to economically, it's a total 
miracle. This church is four and a half years old. Where we're at financially, it's an utter miracle, especially in the last two years. We are believing for a miracle property, a miracle property for the glory of God, for the work of God. We're not looking for something opulent. We're looking for something functional, something that makes sense, that when you walk in, you go, this makes sense. This is working. This is where we can train. This is where we can equip. This is where we build the altar of prayer. Come on. This is, this is where the work of the kingdom gets done. This is where we can feed people. Come on. I'm not just talking about spiritual food. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I love you, church. I hope I've done you good tonight. I know I, I did not expect this message to come out of me so intense. It's like fire in my bones. I'm not mad at anybody. I love our church. I love you. I mean it, I love you, but it's just, it's coming out of me. Y'all all right for real, are y'all all right? I, I gotta know you're all right. Amen. Guys, don't be afraid of the days ahead. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. Don't you be afraid of this hour. Don't you be afraid of the warfare. You were born for such a time as this. This is the reason you're on planet Earth. We're going to move into this warfare with joy. Why? Because we're going to win. Jesus was able to look at the cross with joy. That's epic to me. Jesus blows my mind. He's amazing. Jesus is amazing. He was able to, to look death in the face with joy and say, Ah, I'm about to win it all. you ever forget that the earth is still the Lord's. Don't you ever forget the nations are His. Don't you ever forget America belongs to Him. We're not turning over our inheritance to the enemy. We better receive the offering. Father, we thank you for the opportunity. And it is such a privilege, Lord, for the opportunity to receive these offerings, God. And we honor you, Lord, in the sacred trust of our finances, Lord, in our stewardship, that you will bless and expand victory at Church of Your Presence to be such a blessing to Sarasota and to this region and to Florida and beyond, Lord. We thank you for miracle, miracle money that is being released, Lord, to advance your gospel. I thank you, God, that you're going to release such a progressive revelation of vision upon this house, and we will be able to facilitate what you tell us to do. Lord, if that's just sitting with people and feeding them and giving them groceries and laying hands on the sick just day in, day out, day in, day, whatever it takes, whatever it is, Lord, 
We thank you for the miracle resources, God. I just thank you for miracle, God, millions of pounds of food on pallets coming through. I just see it, Lord. I just see our reservoirs and our, our storehouses being filled with supplies, with water, with food, with medical supplies, everything that is needed, God. It's because we have been called to be a city of refuge. Lord, I thank you that you are readying us, that we will be prepared to make disciples. We will be prepared to equip, God, the saints. Everything that is necessary, everything that is needed, that your power will be put on display to bring deliverance to captives. And I thank you. It's all coming. It's all coming. I bless this offering tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, God bless you guys. Go ahead, ushers. Wow. I can't believe it's 9 o'clock. Feels like we just started. Are your butts okay? You've been sitting a long time. You all right? You had to stand a long time. You had to sit. If you need to stand and stretch, just do it real quick. Just stand up, stretch out a little bit. I'd like our altar team just to prepare themselves. We're going to move right into a time of prayer. If you need prayer for any reason, I'd like our ushers, uh, or, or, not our ushers, I'm sorry, our prayer team to come at this time. If you need prayer for anything, any reason at all tonight, we want to pray with you for miracles, for healings, for deliverance tonight. Father, we just speak over the altars tonight. They are consecrated unto you that healings flow, miracles flow. God, power and anointing from the Holy Spirit flows in the house tonight. We thank you for breakthroughs tonight. We thank you for miracle, miracles breaking through, testimonies, financial miracles, financial breakthroughs. God, relational breakthroughs in families, relationships mended and restored in family lines prodigals that are coming home, prodigals that are being delivered out of captivity and sin. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with us tonight? Father, we just bless it now. I just pray a blessing over your people that this would be a miracle, miracle week. A week of your favor and a, another week of revival and awakening. Revival. Say it tonight with me. Revival. Awakening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Good night, everybody.